Welcome again to the Talking Guitar Podcast, brought to you by the North American Guitar in Nashville, Tennessee. Lindsay Straw here, today featuring my chat with French guitar maker Bryce Ruggiero, who is truly charming in the joy that he radiates for his work. We talk about how he developed his impressive skills as a self-taught luthier, and the dual artistic outlets that he has building both his own guitars, as well as some in cooperation with his shopmates at Wild Custom Guitars. We also touch on the importance of visual aesthetics, not only for inspiring a player to reach out to a luthier in the first place, but to pick up the guitar every single day. We had a lot of fun talking about music too, so be sure to check out the list in the show notes to see what inspires Bryce while he builds. Now please enjoy my chat with Bryce Ruggiero. Hey Bryce, thank you so much for being on the Talking Guitar podcast with me today. It's so exciting to finally meet you sort of in person. Yeah, true. Thank you. Me too. I'm honored. Oh, um, well, you know how much we love your beautiful guitars and how sad we are that the one didn't make it here in one piece. It's so disappointing, yeah. but we hope that we'll get another one in soon to hopefully not go with the one that we currently have, because hopefully that one will sell before that happens. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Since that post, I have a few Lucio that uh, wrote to me that it did happen to them once in the, in the life in the life. So, yeah, I mean. This is your one time, and hopefully that'll be it for I the rest hope of your life. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, such a bummer. Um, well, to talk about more happy things, um, I feel like I don't know a whole lot about your background as a luthier. So, um, I mean, I, and I always start off these conversations with digging into your experience and your your tutelage and everything. But um, yeah, tell us all about how you got into building guitars. Okay. Well, it's it's a long story, I, I guess. Um, when I was young, my, my parents divorced when I was very young, so I had two fathers in my life. And the stepfather I had is a singer-songwriter and plays a lot of guitars. I mean, each time we were cooking, he took the guitar and played. So there was always guitar in my life since I was three years old. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it, it was uh, kind of natural, you know, to just hear acoustic music all, all day long. Then um, when I was about 16, 17, I wanted to, to share some time with him. And he, he loved to build uh, boat models, you know, and so uh, I don't know why I wanted to build a hood. I don't know why. So <laughs> I got started with trying to find some wood and and everything I could find to to say, well, uh, how can I build a hood? So mm -hmm. I did half of a hood <laughs> and then just stopped one day, put it in the barn and for, forget about it. Then I got my life uh finished my my degree and everything so i have been a pe teacher for about three years then worked in the education system for about seven years more so uh, about 10 years in the education system and i was pretty miserable to be honest it wasn't my life i couldn't bear 
to stay much longer here. And at that time, I discovered the, a documentary about uh, Michael Greenfield. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a point where a lot of things in my life make sense because mm -hmm. I discovered the, the passion, the craftsmanship. And I mean, I think I watched this video about every night for about one or two weeks. Mm -hmm because I was so inspired. And then I got to discover Ben, Michael Watts, through your, your videos of TNAG back in the day. And the, again, the passion, the, the love of the craftsmanship, the, the beautiful guitars, the sound, each type of sound, tone woods, everything. And for me, it, it was some kind of a, ringing a bell in, in my head, mm -hmm. you know? And so I decided to watch everything I could about Luthery. I didn't sleep much. <laughs> I mean, I was all night long looking <laughs> at reading, looking at every, every video I could find, taking notes, crossing notes from everybody's techniques or uh, what I could find to, to learn. Then I wrote, uh, I read, sorry, um, Somaji's work, uh, Go and Gillet books. Mm -hmm. So again, taking notes and trying to, to learn everything I could find. And at a point I said, well, I have a hood in a barn somewhere, <laughs> it's, the time. it's time to finish it, I think. So I took it, I finished it, and it was just a pure moment of joy. I mean, for me, I, I just came to realize who I was and what I love, you know, in mm -hmm. life. And then I decided to build a, a mandolin f5 a bluegrass mandolin mm -hmm. because why not I, yeah. <laughs> just going straight for like the, one of the hardest instruments yeah. to make <laughs> I, I thought it was fun <laughs> I, love, I love the shape i loved everything and and to be honest in in the sense I, I thought it was so much new techniques of woodworking and craftsmanship to learn that i thought it was a good idea and so i did and i loved it and then I decided, well, what I wanted to build is guitars. So uh, I've built one, two, three, four guitars and um, repaired, repaired some, some guitars of my, my friend, of my stepfather and all. And one time I decided to introduce myself to a, a guitar company that is about an hour from my, my home called Wild Custom Guitars, who does incredible electric guitars. And I wanted to introduce myself to, to be able to learn about uh, the lacquer, how to finish my guitars. And it seems that we get along very well and we are very good friends now. Thanks to them, 
they just open up a space just for me in their huge right. workshop. And uh, now I'm installed in their workshop with them. So I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a, a team with me so we can share thoughts. We can share ideas on builds of whatever. And that was so cool for me because I started just alone in my in my kitchen or my uh, whatever the room I could build in my house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day they decided to to build uh, some acoustics for them and they they had some some clients and and we decided to to design something really for them and not what you can find on Rogero guitars which mm -hmm. is my designs and I decided to do a design for them with them and okay. what would they like to do so we did something quite crazy but it it's a very nice way to to build something different from what I do mm -hmm. in my craftsmanship, you know? So sometimes uh, I feel like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have me and then I have the wild custom team and what crazy we can build. So it's fun, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I finished in, in this industry. And, uh, and, and for me, since then, it's just joy every day. So... I just love, love being here. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so nice. So how long have you been partnered up with the Wild Custom guys? Oh, uh, just, just before COVID. Oh, wow. About, yeah, just before COVID. And uh, I've built, or I mean, two, two, three guitars for, oh no, four, 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 four guitars for them mm -hmm. now. And I build mine and... The chance I have, it's that um, they they do big shows like Nam, for example. Okay. And and I and I got the chance for this this summer to to have been to Los Angeles to to do the Nam with them, and, and for me it was eye opening on the big industry, you know, and I met a lot of people. Uh, that I wanted to meet. So yeah, it, it was kind of great. Yeah, that's awesome. How yeah. big is the team? Is it just a couple guys or is it pretty big? Yeah, five. They're oh, five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So yeah, that yeah. kind of that kind of sits in that middle range where it's it's like still small shop, but like you've got a bit more, you can sort yeah. of automate certain tasks and people can focus on one thing or the other. Interesting. Yeah. So have had they built any acoustics before collaborating with no. you for those? Okay. No. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Can we see those online anywhere? Oh, you, 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 you can see them on my Instagram. You, oh, okay, cool. I'll because I, I've shared it and uh, on their website. Okay. I mean, if you if if you try to find a wild custom acoustic guitar, mm -hmm. you know it's yeah. I I build it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do the the Google image search; it'll find you. Cool. Yeah. Um, so awesome. So you had, you had your musical stepfather. So did you start learning guitar from him pretty early on? Yeah. Well, he, he is a huge, uh, 12 string guitar player. Mm. So it, it was for me, uh, another, another step on the understanding of how the guitar works and, and it's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I took the guitar, but to play with him, I was 
just going to take percussions and drums and <laughs> yeah. so to play together. And so uh, I, I've played a lot of percussions and, and drums uh, from, from, from my 80, 20, and, um, and played a, a little guitar, yeah. Okay. I don't play very much, but uh, I, I play, well, each time I do a guitar, I just play the guitar for about two weeks every day because mm -hmm. I want to learn about the work I've did, mm -hmm. if, I, if I like what I've done, and just to know the guitar before it went off and I wouldn't see it again, maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you get your guitars back very often for repairs or anything like that, or do they just kind of go so far across the world that it's pretty yeah. rare? For for now, uh, I I never I never crossed uh, a guitar again. For wow. now, yeah. Great. But that's, I mean, I hope it's a good sign. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that what's strange for um, people like me, or uh, I mean, you, you have seen uh, Drew Laurie or Virgil Pilon mm -hmm. in Europe. You that there is not the same attraction for fingerstyle guitar that you can find in in the us or other yeah. part of the world so m most of our time we build guitars that goes off europe for mm -hmm. i mean uh, whatever another country but for now i i haven't got any guitar stayed in europe i lie i have one guitar in switzerland okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, that's yeah, that's crazy. I remember Drew talking about that and how it's the market just isn't quite the same as it is here. So yeah, yeah it is yeah. just a lot of exporting. So that's really interesting. Yeah, true. Um, so so musically, so so you you build these very fingerstyle centric guitars, which I assume a lot of that comes from the Samaji influence. But do you yourself like a lot of fingerstyle music? Do you listen to a lot of guys like Andy McKee or old yeah. British folk fingerstylists, anything like that? Yeah, I, I think. You, maybe you're gonna laugh, but I think the first one who really picked my attention was James Taylor. Oh no, that's that's awesome. Because I'm a huge fan of James Taylor from my, I'm I mean five years old. Mm -hmm. My my stepfather just kept uh, James Taylor, Cat Stevens, and how how incredible they were and. What I loved about him is they always had some fingerstyle gimmick in the background, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. not in front, but in the background, you could hear wonderful guitar. Yeah. And, and, and I was always just listening to that, you know, mm -hmm. waiting for the moment or, ah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I got, I got in, in the fingerstyle world, like that if mm -hmm. if i can remember after that of course i discovered uh, andy mckee uh dustin furlow mm -hmm. that, that i love to uh, uh Callum graham if i say his name properly oh well i've listened to him ah uh, incredible mm. just beautiful pieces i love his melodies mm. okay I'll look him up beautiful melodies yeah so when I work, when I work, I, I always have some some music in the background, mm -hmm. uh, finger style, 
of course, but a lot of indie folk music too, mm -hmm. which is some kind of problem for me because I just love those guys. I mean, I, I have, for example, today I have an artist that I just love and I'm going to see him in Paris in, in one month and it's uh, Grigory Alanizakov. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this guy is, is just incredible. Yeah. And, and every time I just say to my wife, I would love to build a guitar for, for, oh, for him. But, yeah. I mean, it's just impossible. This guy is just over the vintage market and just have some crazy guitars. And, and that's why I love about the, the guitar market because for me, you can find everything you, you try to find in different style. In this style of music, you you can't have Gregory uh, Alan Isakov with some modern guitar like me in his hands on stage. Mm -hmm. it, it, for me, the it doesn't fit. <laughs> but but I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you like, maybe you and the Wild Custom guys could collaborate on some special Gregory yeah, maybe, guitar. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Um, so how, how close are you to Paris? Where, where are you based? Yeah, I'm in the middle of France. So okay. I'm about two, three hours, three hours in, in car or train from, from Paris. Okay. Yeah. Is that close to where you grew up? Mm, well, I moved a lot in France from... I, I was about an hour from Paris when I was young mm -hmm. until my 16, 17. And then I, I got back in the south of France because my my mother is from from this region and okay. and I I, I just love this region. So I I wanted to came to come back in in the center of France near Vichy. Yeah. What do you like about it? nature mm -hmm. yeah awesome. yeah it's just nature all around and I, I have the the chance to to live in a beautiful city with a some some kind of a you know human uh it's still human you know you don't have a big city where you you seem to be just an ant in mm -hmm. in the world you know so i i like this part of of being just in a small city where you you kind of be able to to know people in in the street you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really nice yeah well so in addition to michael greenfield and samaji who else do you count as big influences in your your building <laughs> i mean every one of them mm -hmm. i'm I, my, my friends just just laugh because I said they are, they are my heroes in a sense because I discovered this field with all those great luthiers, mm -hmm. you know, and and they influenced me in so many ways for so many things differently. Uh, if I have to drop names, I uh, I will talk about Joel Michaud from Michaud Made. Mm -hmm. Just love his work. Mm. Taran Guitars, love his work. Kazimi, 
Michael Greenfield, of course. But after that, if I go in a more classic way, I will I will talk about Astrand, Rasmussen, Drew Laurie, Buendia, Isaac Chang. Well, I can name so much of them. <laughs> Loic, Loic Borto from Bouchro, I, I love his work too. I mean, if I go for some woodworking type of style, I, I will talk about Gerbert guitars, mm-hmm. Bashkin guitars. So yeah, for, for me, I, I think all those guys are in, in the market because they have something to say. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they all have something. I mean, you, what I love about is when I, I, I see a wall of guitars and I can say, here's a Buendia guitar. Here is a Matsuda guitar. Here is Raymond Kraut guitar, Max Pone guitar here, you know? And, and from a distance, you can know who they are mm-hmm. by their work. And, and I, I like this. In- yeah. Yeah, it's cool how once you really, I like at first working here last year, it, it was so overwhelming to see all these different styles and kind of put different names to, to guitars. But once you do get to know them, everybody has such a clear signature. And even if there are folks whose work kind of has shades of reminders of another Luthier's work, like you're initially, like your, your work kind of reminded me of Max Bones and Ray Krauts, but yeah. it still looks like your guitar. You, like there, there's still a distinct touch about it that you're like, oh no, that's a Ruggiero. That's not, <laughs> not a spot. that's a little bit different, <laughs> which is so cool. So yeah, I, I love that you can see how everybody's sharing those ideas, but it still has their own little like fingerprint on it. Yeah, well, I think it's hard these days to to bring something different, really different. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, in, totally in, like out of the, the woodwork. Yeah. And I mean, you you can be Matsuda guitars who just glues every piece of wood it finds, and you can discover some piece of art in in front of you, and is it it's still a guitar? But <laughs> I mean, it's if I was coming into this world like that. I mean, I wouldn't have the attention, you know, because mm. nobody knows me. Of course, I I had to to build who I who I am with my guitars and trying to find each way on the line who I am the next day because mm-hmm. everything evolves. I mean, I, I talked about it with um, Rory Dowling from uh, Taran Guitars one day because I, you can see his work and so many things change and yet so many things stayed him in mm-hmm. his guitar. And and his, he said, well, you just have to grow and each time you will find that something works for you, something isn't. And that's, and that's part of the journey. I mm-hmm. mean, you... You just have to find your your way and try to work th- through the line you 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 want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so with your with your models, how did you decide? So you just have the three models, correct? Yeah, the, X, the M and the L. What is the bigger, biggest one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have L G O L. Yeah. 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 
And did you sort of have it like a similar approach to like Grit Laskin where you just wanted to have kind of three, three standard models, something kind of for everybody, but just in sort of the perfect range of sizes? Yeah, uh, because I, I think um, oh, often when I, I had discussion with, uh, with clients, they sometimes seems to forget that the shape of the guitar is a huge part of the sound. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, 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 can't, you, you can't start with somebody who say, well, I'm a bluegrass player. Okay, I'm going to build you a double O for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, from, from the start, I wanted to have the opportunity to, to have, well, some kind of um, build, build for each type of sound I, I was looking for, you know, and in a sense, I, I, I drew and shaped my guitars with a, m existing models that were the double O, the OM, and some kind of Grand Auditorium or Dreadnought or what, well, everything you could find in big guitars before jumbo guitars, because jumbo right. guitars doesn't really speak to me yeah. for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> So, so that's how I uh, I, I try to 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 design my my shapes. Mm -hmm. Cool. And do you yeah. do anything differently with your bracing or anything that's like kind of un unexpected? Maybe not just like standard X or scalloped or anything like that. Um, I, I'm on well, like like a few other luthiers. Luthiers. Um, I'm on a double X bracing for. For my double um, O and, and OM shaped guitar, so the LGOS and LGOM guitars, mm -hmm. and on the on the bigger one, I I do a um, double X X under the X. I mean, I have a, a bit more of bracing under the belly for the bigger guitars. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Inside, is there anything else that you do, kind of unusually, or is it all? Perfing all that stuff sort of pretty standard. Um, I do, I do structure size. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do structure size because uh, it makes sense for me since the beginning. I, um, I, I really thought of the guitar like a, a snare drums. Mm -hmm. You know, on 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 the percussive side, and 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 for me, it makes sense that the sides. A good structure for the guitar. Mm -hmm. So, so when I found so when I found that uh, a few luthiers were were going this down this rabbit hole with structure sides and uh, instead of laminating uh, side, uh, I I I, um, I started to build like that. And for me now, I really don't want to go back. I know. Yeah, I know that a lot of luthiers do do that now. It does it is it primarily it is just more of a like a stability kind of issue it's not really impacting the sound it's just making sure that it's stable and it allows that usually the top and the back to be a bit thinner right yeah you you yeah and it's you can fine-tune with the fact that you add mass for example on the right. sides and so you can work a bit much 
uh, on the sides of the guitar mm -hmm. before. So you can drop, for example, uh, the frequency on the top or the back. So that, that's a part of the work I, I want to go down now to, to work on frequencies. Because for now, I, I've, I've worked um, more uh, the, the feeling I, I've got, you know, uh, was my top flex like I, I wanted to be or mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so curious that I want to know each side of the, the building process that some, for example, Thunis Fick mm -hmm. or uh, uh, G.J. Ryber mm -hmm. works a lot on scientific, scientific um, aspect of the, of the building. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Theunis has that, like, he has uh, an engineering background, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why his guitars have such a such a specific structure to them. And yeah, you can tell that he's thought about that a whole lot. But yeah, so for you right now, you're mostly just sort of like tap tuning and yeah, yeah. For the feel. It's not quite as, um, I guess, yeah, mathematic and scripture. Yeah. Are you considering like studying with somebody like Brian Gallup or with Theunis to sort of get a better handle on that? Maybe yeah, I'm 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 talking sometimes with Thunis uh, with uh, Instagram. So I, when I have that, that's a part of the of this world that I just love about is you. You just can send a message to somebody mm -hmm. at the end of the world, and he can respond to you uh, two yeah. hours later, and j that's just great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, the the interconnectedness of of especially like the the luthier world is just it's yeah where everybody seems to be so accessible to each other and technology makes it so easy to trade ideas, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm -hmm. So, the topic that I, I love asking everybody about is of course tone woods, and it seems like the ones actually we've had a couple of guitars. You know, we've had the Pau Ferro guitar from you, which was I think my first Pau Ferro guitar that I'd ever played possibly. So. I'm, uh -huh. I'm curious to know about what your favorite tone woods are and if you're kind of getting into the alternatives like a lot of folks are. Um, yeah. I, it's weird because I think as a luthier, you, you have to, to think about um, building your brand and who you are in mm -hmm. this market and, and also you have to put some food on the table one day. Mm -hmm. So you have to go with the, with the great tone woods and it's, and it's great. I mean, the Madagascar Rosewood, I, I just built, mm -hmm. uh, I, I just love this guitar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I think I won't build with Brazilian, for example, mm -hmm. because it's, extremely hard to find nowadays and um, especially in Europe and in France mm -hmm. I mean I, I would have to to find a an old luthier who have a one set or two in his stash anyway but mm -hmm. I think it's too difficult and I don't want to be able to look myself in in the mirrors knowing that maybe this wood wasn't cut as it was yeah. supposed to be, or, yeah. So just for me, I mean, I, I just put a black point on Brazilian Rosewood that I, I'm sure I won't touch one day, but 
on the other hand, I'm just so open on every tone was because I think that's part of the joy of this work. I mean, you you can take so many species that that can bring each of them something different, something sometimes just aesthetic. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that that's why I talk sometimes with with clients. I, I say, you know. You can build a guitar for a specific sound. Mm -hmm. I have no problem. That's, but if you tell me I just want a beautiful guitar, I have no problem either. That's what you want, and that's what will make you pick the guitar and have just some crazy fun with it. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and 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 that's why I that's what I want. I, I that's my goal in 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 my in my business is I just want a client to walk in his in his house pass the guitar and just want to take it for five five ten minutes play a little mm -hmm. and go on with, with his day because <laughs> I, I like the the fact that it could be inspiring just mm -hmm. just for a few minutes you know in your day and and you have a lovely moment and that and and sometimes you just play two or three hours that that's okay too yeah <laughs> So, yeah, that's yeah. why the like yeah the aesthetics are so important too because you want people to be drawn in and to and to be invited to play the guitars. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, I think that sometimes we are not totally honest mm -hmm. with ourselves. I mean, our eyes are just always open. Mm -hmm. So when we look at something beautiful and and it. It's just making something in you that says, ah, I'm, I'm getting interesting, mm -hmm. interesting, you know, and it starts the conversation in mm -hmm. some way. I mean, for, for now, it's if somebody um, send a message to me, it's just because they have seen my guitar. Mm -hmm. They didn't play it, for example, you know, so from from this part on, I, I know that the design and the lines were the shape, well, it's a huge part of, of what will bring the, the client or, or not, but tr trying to, to, to start the conversation, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that, that's what I love about so, uh, all the tone woods because you, you could find so different tone woods for each type of sound you want to try to to dig in mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. absolutely um so what are your personal favorite tone woods huh <laughs> huh well um i love madagascar rosewood for sure i love Mal malaysian blackwood as the guitar you you had uh i love koa mm -hmm. i maybe 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 it's weird because people don't refer to power fail like a a great tone wood but i loved it i yeah. just love i just loved the what it what it gave and to be honest in my mind i think one day i will build a 
Pau Ferro Redwood guitar, for example. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I think it could really shine. Yeah. Where Where is Pau Ferro from again? It's like Bolivian. It's called sometime uh, Bolivian Rosewood. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or the problem, it's from Mexico too. You can find some Pau Ferro uh, near Mexico too. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, the, the names the names for the wood sometimes it's weird because you can find so many different names for the same tone wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, especially with the rosewood, sometimes you're like, oh, this is that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of confusing. Um, and and with Pau Ferro, there's there are no like restrictions on it, right? It's, oh no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I know that with Madagascar rosewood, I remember from Tom Sands' video about it. He talks about how. It's not restricted the way Brazilian rosewood is, but it's sort of a little bit like of a gray area in terms of the morality of, of getting it sometimes. So with tonewoods like that, do you do you worry about that as well? And do you how, like where how do you source them and make sure that you are getting them from a source that you're like, OK, this is this is legit. It's not something I need to be worried about. Yeah, well, the, for my Madagascar rosewood, it's on the on the classified two on cities. So. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't buy a set from the US, for example. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Coco Bolo, for example, I I can't. Yeah. So I have to buy them in in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, and for that, uh, it's quite hard to find. And I have just a a big um, a big uh, shop in in Spain. Like it's like a Stumac for you, for example. You know. Uh, where you can find a lot of, of uh, tonewood and it's called uh, Madinter. Mm -hmm. They work with papers and all. And the problem is if you are not in Madagascar when they, when they are cutting the trees, you, you can't just know. Really know. Yeah. You have to trust them and you have to... I mean, I, I, I would love to go to Madagascar and just take the piece of wood on. Yeah. <laughs> And no, I can't tell you this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's all a little bit of a just trust game where you're yeah. like, I hope that this is fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's yeah. the problem nowadays. Because you know, you, you you can have somebody that makes just false paper. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. couldn't know. So mm -hmm. at at one point you you that's why I really don't want to go with Brazilian. Because yeah. I I know from from the startup that I mean it's it's protected now nowadays with the cities three so mm -hmm. I just go on with that and I say okay no problem I mean I I don't want to I don't want to be part of this game in a sense you mm -hmm. know yeah definitely yeah it's just there's so many other woods to work with why why bother yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And they're just, that, that's why I love about, well, he can, but Michael Greenfield, for example, you, you can find so many guitars with so many different tone woods. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, Granadillo, for example, mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen another Luthier, for example, with this, with this wood or you, you can find so many wood that, uh, Milt, Miltel, I don't know if, oh, if Myrtle. it's... Oh, Myrtle, yeah. Myrtle, yeah. For example, it's another tone that it's coming nowadays. 
mm-hmm. you know, but every client doesn't necessarily know yeah. his own wood. And in a sense, I can understand that some, some, some people, for example, just buy a guitar and say, well, if I have to sell it one day, is the tone wood easy yeah. for me to sell back? Yeah. You know, uh, as we can see with maple guitars nowadays, mm-hmm. why? Why everybody's starting to say that maple isn't a really great tone wood? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love maple. Like, I feel like we get a maple guitar in every couple of weeks and we're like, why does everybody not like maple? This is so good. Yeah. And, and there is the, this list, little, I don't know, it's, uh, it's the street words that say, well, maple, it's, mm-hmm. it's not really great. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I would love to be part of this conversation where I will be able to well, to discover myself and, and clients or, or people with new tone woods, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I love, I love that, this idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I, I really hope that we can sort of, as a retailer, help encourage people to try out new things and make yeah. them feel confident. Like you mentioned that if they do want to resell at some point, that there will still be a demand for it, which that is such a valid point. And I think that does kind of give people some, you know, some cold feet about it and that's why people keep buying brazilian because they're like well there's always going to be a demand for brazilian but we need to move away from that at some point so true Mm -hmm. and how can you be more bespoke yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, something totally like uncommon that martin and taylor haven't even touched yet like do that and then eventually martin and taylor will get into it and then people will want more of those guitars so it'll be fine (laughs) True. true Yeah. So what's your favorite uh, soundboard wood? Uh, Well, uh, I work mostly with uh, Moon Spruce Mm -hmm. nowadays because I I love it and the market seems to love it too. Yeah. So that's kind of a a good point too. Uh, I loved Lute Spruce. I've built one guitar with Lute Spruce and and I really dig into the sound of Lute Spruce too. Well, German Spruce too. Well, the the Power Ferro was with a a nice master grade German spruce. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the thing is, I, I think I love every aspect of each soundboard mm-hmm. in a sense. I mean, I've, I've just built a Malaysian Blackwood uh, Western Red Cedar guitar. Mm. And I just love the the feeling of this guitar because cedar is you you can't find uh, a lot of guitars with cedar nowadays yeah it seems but I, I just love it and for that I really want to go uh, with redwood uh, I I just uh, received uh, four four soundboards of of beautiful redwood mm-hmm. and I just want to go to see to see what what I can do with it because I mean a lot a lot of great luthiers are, are working with it and uh in the sense it would give to me another tool to mm-hmm. to to be able to use on on, on my building mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah redwood i'm kind of 
I feel like last year I was like, oh, I don't know about this. It's like, I don't really like the sound, but this year I've been all about Redwood for some reason. It's <laughs> funny how your tastes change. Yeah. Um, well, I had some rapid fire questions that I wanted to ask. So rapid fire, number one, what's your, what's your, well, we kind of talked about this before, but um, your go-to music or podcast for listening to while you're working. Do you have an album or anything that you're really digging on right now? I I have um, a great uh, YouTube channel named Indie Folk Central. Mm. It's just indie folk. I listen to that. I mean, 90% of my time. Mm -hmm. And I will be able to listen to piano too. Some yeah. Ludovico Enodi or mm -hmm. Olafur Arnalds, some kind of chilling music. Yeah. <laughs> <When> <laughs> awesome. Do you have a favorite album that you've discovered this year? I, I would say uh, Jin Road is, is um, a new duo of uh, indie folk uh, singer-songwriter uh, with uh, Harry Payne, mm -hmm. who had his solo career before. And uh, and I just dig their music. It's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to put together a playlist of, of your favorite tunes for people to check out. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, what fuels your day, coffee or tea? None of them. Really? Yeah. No caffeine? Uh, I, I mean, in Wild Custom Guitars, they're always making fun of me because I don't <laughs> like coffee. I don't like tea. I don't like alcohol, so I just drink Coca-Cola or water. Yeah, well, when I come to a party and everything is, everybody is with a beer or whatever, and I just ask for Coca-Cola, it seems that I'm the little boy of 80. Years, 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I am. Yeah, no, that, I mean, yeah, you just get a good night's sleep. That's all you need. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not drinking the night before, so you don't need the coffee in the morning. So it's, yeah, it's for the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what's a hobby or interest that you have that folks might not know about? Well, I've done a lot of sports when I was young, so... What, what yeah. was your favorite sport? Well, I was doing something very special. It's... Uh, uh, trial vtt vtt trial it's a trial in mountain bike oh okay cool some kind of parkour with a, a bike whoa that's intense and, yeah and i was doing that for all my youth and mm -hmm. uh i had to stop one day for back problems yeah. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that seems like that could be a hard sport on your body <laughs> yeah quite <laughs> yeah and then now you need to keep the hands safe because you need yeah all that true. True. <laughs> well last but not least uh what's next for you are you going to any um any of the guitar showcases in the next six months or so or anything planned for next year uh yeah uh i am going to the mix is um uh, a show in Montreux in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. they, they did the, the first one last year. Oh, okay. And it, and it was just great. So every Luthier, if you want to go, just go. It's a great show. Seriously, I have the chance to, to meet uh, Michel Pellerin last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. And I 
so great guy and uh, yeah it, it was a, a real treat for me so I, I'm, I'm gonna go this year it's around uh, uh, the first week of may i think five or six may something like that <laughs> and uh maybe maybe i don't know maybe i'll go back to nam mm -hmm. with my friends of wild custom i'm not sure yet but for now i think that the there are the two shows I I will possibly go. Mm -hmm. I, I'd like I'd like one day to to come to Woodstock or La Conner or mm -hmm. a US uh, a US show. It's it's not easy for a French guy because yeah. <laughs> so so much traveling. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I would love it. I would love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll hope to see you there next year. And um, is there anything else that you wanted to promote um, before we wrap up? Anything, any new projects or anything? Well, I, I would like to thank you. Oh, well, thank you. For, for yeah, your... you and the team and all, because it's, uh, for me, it's, it changed a lot of things. And, uh, and to be quite honest, it was kind of a dream. Oh, because, because I, I discovered this field Mm -hmm. with Tinag and uh, and yeah for me it was a uh, wait I ha I'm going to have one of my guitar on the same wall than all my heroes yeah <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Well, what do I say <laughs> they definitely deserve to be there and we're we're so we're so proud to showcase your work and yeah I hope that we can spec out another guitar soon and get even more of your guitars in so yeah, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. The guitar that you hear at the beginning of this episode, played by Carl Miner, is the RGOM in Malaysian Blackwood and Swiss Moon Spruce, and it is currently available for sale now. To learn more about Bryce and all of our fabulous luthiers, come visit us at thenorthamericanguitar.com. Until next time. Mm -hmm.